To me, Kobe is the last of the Mohicans in terms of one of the dudes that will carve your heart out, the ultimate competitor. He predates the AAU, the guys that have been knowing each other since they were eight, nine years old. Kobe did not want to have buddies on the floor. It's the future! Down and distance. On WGNRadio.com. Your turn, Mr. Bryant. What have you got for us this time, Kobe? Yes, no. Rebound, Kobe Bryant puts it in. Finally got a championship and it feels great. Gotta love it. This is it, fellas. You work all year long for it, man. Championship. Yeah, get a look at the dynasty. This is the next one. I wanna be, I wanna be, I wanna be if I, if I could be like Kobe. Down the distance right here, WGNRadio.com. Am you got SD two mics on Twitter, Sean Davis. Usually the next person I'm going to introduce is the man, the myth, the legend, Jared Payton at Paytonson, P-A-Y-T-O-N-S-U-N. He just had a baby girl on Monday. Congrats goes out to Madison Jordan Payton. Think about those names. Madison Jordan and Payton. She has to be a legendary girl. Congratulations to Jared and his wife Trish and baby boy Jaden. Right now, we're going down to the Dirty South, bringing our guy, big fan and big family of the program. He is Sekou Smith from NBA TV. You can check him out on the Hang Time podcast. Right now, we're going to bring him in because he's going to be co-anchoring two hours of Kobe Bryant leading up to his last game in L.A. tonight with Kristen Letlow on NBA TV. Check that out. Welcome into the show. I got Sekou Smith. Hey, cool. JP just had a baby girl, and from the looks of it, your boys are killing you on the basketball court because they are getting huge, bro. <laughs> I saw the recent picks, man. Shout out to you and your family, man. How bad are they beating you right now? Oh, it's terrible, man. They, you know, both of them are taller than me. They're both teenagers now, and, uh, you know, they got the little twisty afro hairdo, so they not only beat me up, on the court, but they beat me up in, in psyche. Now, I can't get my hair to grow more than an inch off my head. They got full <laughs> So, cool. the talk of tonight, man, the debate is what would you rather watch? What ticket would you rather have? 73 Golden State going for the record. 95-96 Chicago Bulls record about to go down, possibly as they face Memphis tonight at the same exact time as the tip-off in L.A., where it will be 24-8 and on the court. Kobe Bean Bryant, 20 years with the Los Angeles Lakers, five championships. The accomplishments are a long list. But what is so special about this night and the individual that is Kobe Bryant? Well, I, listen, I, it's not often we get a chance to watch, you know, one of the all-time greats go from, you know, the infancy of his career. You know, we all were there watching Chuck the Mirabals up against Utah in the playoffs. And now you get to see him going out, you know, standing those around the league everywhere he's been, you know, uh, the farewell tour, you know, that even if you look at the Lakers' dismal record, you know, it's hard to, to watch Kobe and not feel good about what he did over the course of his career. Um, you know, and as far as which ticket you want, that's a tough one. You know, you get a chance to watch history walking away from the game or you get a chance to watch history being made, you know, by the future of the game. And, uh, you know, Chris Delano and I'll be on the air from 4 to 6 Eastern time a day on NBA TV talking about all that and more, you know, because we got people spread out all over the place um, taking this stuff in. But, you know, I, I don't know how you, you turn your eyes away from a legend, you know, watching Kobe, whatever he does in that last game tonight at Staples, you want to get a glimpse of. That's why I'm DVR in both of them. I'm, I'm going to have my DVR working on everything. 
That's once again Sekou Smith, NBA TV. Also in studio with me today, we're doing it big. We got my guys, the bigs. My guy Eugene McIntosh at Scotty Piffin. That's still one of the sweetest tags on Twitter I've ever come across. Scotty Piffin, Eugene McIntosh, my guy. Tomlin does it, Terrence Tomlin, one of my former colleagues here at WGN Radio, and the new kid on the block. You got to watch this dude, the smooth operator. He is Cameron Smith, CBS Chicago, Channel 2. These guys have a ton of questions for you, Koo, but I'm going to throw it at you right now. Where do you put this guy in the pantheon of the greatest moving forward? Yeah, that's that's a tough one, man, Um, because – He's clearly not the best shooting guard of all time. That honor and distinction still belongs and will, you know, for always, you know, will belong to Michael Jordan. Um, you know, to me, Kobe is in my top ten. He's in the second ten in no particular order right now. Um, but he's got to be in that second group, you know, behind Jordan, Magic, Kareem, you know, Will and Bill Russell. And I don't go by position. I go by the best dudes, you know, the best that, stand alone as the you know the greatest of all time regardless of position um, but Kobe's definitely in that second five um and you know and where he fits long term I guess you know I need a, a little more time to to really look at it and take a you know take some distance from it and see where he fits what's going on say cool is Terrence here what's happening man Oh, it's all good, man. Definitely want to ask you, man, as Kobe gets ready to leave us with his last game today, you know, we, we loved him for everything he brought to the game, his work ethic, everything like that. Now, as he leaves, what is the number one thing that you're going to miss the most and that the league is going to miss the most about Kobe? To me, Kobe is the last of the Mohicans in terms of one of the dudes that will carve your heart out. You know what I mean? Like the ultimate competitor. He, he predates the love affair that is the AAU, you know, generation where guys have been knowing each other since they were eight, nine years old, and, you know, man-hugging it out all the time. I mean, Kobe Kobe did not want to have buddies on the floor, man. I remember back in the day when he used to go up Vince Carter and, and Tracy McGrady and, and cats like that, you know, guys who were supposed to be his contemporaries, guys who were supposed to be fighting with him to carry the mantle as the next MJ. Um, and I, the thing I always appreciated about Kobe is that he competed – viciously and without remorse. And I think if you want to be great, like a truly great player, you've got to have that dog in you like that. You really got to have that switch that you can flip at any moment, you know. And uh, the great players of this generation, they're they're no doubt, you know, unbelievable transcendent talents, but they don't, to me, have that, that evil streak in them like Kobe does. He's the last dude, to me, in the league with that old school evil streak. What up, Sekou? It's Cam, man. We actually met back in 2010 down in Dallas for the All-Star game, man. You gave me some great advice. Yeah, yeah, I remember. (laughs) So it's good to see you continue to do well, man. Um, But I've always said this for a number of years about Kobe. I don't think that people will really appreciate him until he's really left the game, and you really don't realize what impact he's had on the game until he's gone. Do you kind of agree with that? Yeah, and I think because, you know, Kobe's one of the first superstars we've had in this 24-hour news cycle generation, man, where you see him and, you know, you can follow his every move and, and be on top of every little thing he does every minute of the day, you know. Um, I like the way that he's changed his stripes a little bit down the stretch here, opening up a little bit more to kind of gentler Kobe with the media, you know, where you get a chance to see a different side of him that I think has always been there, but one that he was, you know, guarding, 
you know, he didn't even want people to see his soft side. He didn't want people to see the human side of him. Um, but, yeah, it, it's like that with any great player, man. You know, five years from now, his exploits will seem even more dramatic. You know, I was thinking about that. Sean mentioned my son. You know, they're young enough that Jordan is just, a, a, you know, a myth to them in a pair of sneakers. You know, right. Kobe is their touchstone for, you know, the greatest player of their generation. And maybe it'll be LeBron in a couple more years to them, you know, but Kobe is their is their injury. And I think the further we get away from Kobe's playing days, the more that'll resonate with people, just how big a deal he was in his generation. I mean, he was the player of his generation along with Tim Duncan to me in terms of being the ultimate champion and players in the NBA. Say cool, this is Eugene, man. I've been uh following you for a few years. And it's a pleasure to share this platform with you, man. As far as Kobe, I'm going to have to agree 100% with you. I think, uh, well, being a Chicagoan, I'll be 40 in September, so I got to see Big Mike, you know, from 84 until 98. So I got to see the GOAT at his peak, (laughs) you know. So, But as far as Kobe, I definitely think he's the next, you know, he's in that next line of greatness, you know, after Mike, you know, uh, Magic Larry, Kareem, those guys. And I just want to know, what's your favorite moment out of those 20 years uh, from Kobe? Mine, personally, is when he basically told the Buss family, it's either me or Shaq, and they chose him, and it looked like it was the right decision for those, that back-to-back, you know, those back-to-back rings at 09 2010. So, what's yours, man? Well, you know, I obviously was at the final for all the championships he won. Um, and those were great moments. And uh, I was at the playoff game against Phoenix. It's, it's weird. Uh, you know, everybody remembers that shot he hit to win the game against Phoenix in that playoff series. And I was there. My man Mark Spears is now with a ESPN was sitting next to me. And Michael Warren and his young son were sitting behind us, you know, down on the on the edge of the floor, right behind, uh, right behind one of the baskets. And, uh, you know, you're there as a reporter, you're working, so you're not supposed to cheer or get excited and, you know, act up. But in that game, man, everybody in the arena went crazy when he hit that shot. And uh, so Spears and I stood up in our chair, you know, to watch that, that play. And, and I turned around, and Michael Warren, you know, Hill Street Blues, the whole nine was standing behind me, jumping up, and he stuck his hand up, like, give me a high five. And I was like, I got to give Michael Warren a high five. You know, I can't. To take this credential off and just do what you're supposed to do, man. I gave Michael Warner a high five. So a week later, Spears and I are laughing about it. You know, in, in Sports Illustrated, they had those pictures, like they cover two pages. Yeah. And then they had the picture of the scene after Kobe hit that shot, and we could actually look and see where we were sitting wow. and see Michael Warren standing behind us in that picture of Sports Illustrated. I got the magazine saying to you at the house, man. It's, it's one of those moments that, you know, you talk about being – there for, you know, special, you know, instances and things that go down in history, man. And that that game, for whatever reason, has always stuck with me, just being there in that moment and seeing the reaction of all those people in Staples Center. That's word, man. Say cool, man. Golden State going after 73. We talked about it. Give me your update on whether or not you think this hinders them going into the playoffs You've been a strong proponent when a lot of people chose to take shots at them last year for not facing a point guard going up to the NBA Finals 
and then having two of the top three players on the Cleveland Cavaliers roster go down and still having to take six games to get LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers out of there. You still took the stance that that doesn't make a difference. This team is great, and they came right back and put this type of season right on top of a 67-win season and a championship. What does it mean? Could they be the next three-peat in the NBA? Or do you think they're going to take it up even even further when it comes to the playoffs? Well, I'm, listen, I don't think there's any doubt that they have put together two monster regular seasons. And if they win a championship this year, they go down as one of those teams, you know, that you look at and say, this is an all-time great team that had one of the most spectacular runs we've seen. Um, they got to do it. You know, they got to finish the business now. You can't get into the playoffs and not get the job done. It's, it's championship for nothing. Because if you win 73 games and break the regular season wins record, and then you don't find your way to the Larry O'Brien Trophy in June, it, it, it takes that record and makes it a footnote. You know what I'm saying? It makes it a small item, you know, in the pantheon of the NBA record books. Uh, but I feel like I don't know if they're a three-peat potential team because, to me, that's the most dominating thing you can do to win, not just back-to-back, but three straight. I mean, that's, that's unthinkable when you consider the energy and superstar effort it takes to play like that for three straight seasons. It's, it's booming and just booming on the body of anybody, superstars, role players, whoever. Um, but if they if they finish a deal and win these back-to-back championships, Steph wins back-to-back MVP, to me they become a real problem for the rest of the league for at least the next five years. And if they can find a way to add another superstar piece to your agency the next couple of summers, the, the league will not want to see the Warriors for the foreseeable future because they're going to be a major problem. San Antonio's days of being an elite championship caliber team might be ending for for a small spell because of the departure of Tim Duncan and Manu and Tony Parker. I don't know that LaMarcus Aldridge and Kawhi Leonard can hold that thing up by themselves. We'll see. But the Warriors are here to stay. This is a team that's not going anywhere anytime. As far as the NBA playoffs, is there anything that can stop us from just hitting the remote control and hitting fast forward? And let's just get to the finals, man. I mean, is, are there any real roadblocks to stopping the same two teams from making it to the NBA finals? Yeah, I, I think the, the the biggest roadblock potentially is in Oklahoma City, you know, where for all the flaws that they have as a group, they still got two of the baddest dudes on the planet, you know. And when you unleash Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant on somebody in a seven-game series, and you're talking about having to stop them night after night, they they could get their hands on the Spurs in that second round potentially and do some damage. Um, and they could be a real problem for somebody, you know, in terms of getting there. I don't think in the East there's really going to be a whole lot of resistance for Cleveland. I just think they're too deep, too talented, and got way too much you know, superstar power in LeBron for anybody to stop them from getting back to the finals. But I think they they run into the same issue once they get there. The, the Warriors, were they to be the, the team on the other side, are just too too good at too many different spots for Cleveland to match up. He is Sekou Smith watching tonight two hours of co-anchoring with Kristen Letlow leading up to the last game of Kobe Bryant in Los Angeles and also Golden State going for 73, eclipsing the record of the 95-96 Chicago Bulls. Say cool. We love you, brother. Keep doing your thing. Hang Time Podcast. Go check it out right now. Follow him on Twitter at Say Cool Smith. Did I Appreciate get that, that right? Sean. Tell JT I said congrats to you, man. Oh, man.